We're in part two of this conversation with our friends over at High Street. I'm so glad you guys are here. This has been a great conversation so far. And now we're going to get to a little bit more of like what it looks like now um, in your lives and really in the ministry. So uh, do you have any questions to lay that up, big, big dog? No, I was just going to say, if you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to it. That's and important. then yeah, it's an important thing because it's going to give context to what we're talking about now. Um, one of the things that we want to talk through right now is like, calling. What did it look like when you started thinking through like, am I called to this? Did you have like a, a moment where the clouds spelled it out? Did you read it in scripture that you should go start a young adult ministry? Like what did that look like for you when you got called to what you're doing now? Yeah. And I, I love that question. Cause I mean, I think calling uh, just in general is overrated and it maybe is a little bit over spiritualized um, where it just doesn't need to be that. And even for me, like uh, I think I applied for like a youth pastor position and didn't get it. So I'm like, okay, clearly I'm not called for ministry. Um, and I had calling envy, um, on other people who were pastors or were speaking or were leading and part of me wanted it. Part of me did it. So I was confused about everything. Um, but it was just taking things one step at a time and, uh, learning, growing, like what we talked about last podcast a lot is just the humility in it of just realizing I do not have the answers and things aren't going to be easy, even when you do feel called, but it was about halfway through that I like of, you know, the young adult ministry, um, you know, start that I kind of realized, Oh, my heart just broke for something. And then we kind of did something about it. And now I'm in the middle of it. And I guess that was sort of a call, uh, but it wasn't a clear invitation in any sort of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think that's good because I think we can, especially like in in America, where the American dream is like you got to do like whatever you know. It's like this whole thing we get wrapped up in our mind, and I think we can waste a lot of valuable time so just thinking like, man, what 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 is next for me? And like, it's important to evaluate that. But look at what Scripture says. What has God called us to in Scripture? And then look at what you're passionate about and where your heart breaks and just start moving that direction. It, it you know, and I, John, I love that you said that, that, um, you know, cause that, that gives a lot of people hope, I think of just hearing your story of like, I had calling envy. It's like, Hey, you just started doing something. Yeah. And, and I think too, um, you know, you could even replace the word calling with, with mission statement. So think about every business who is something, they have a mission statement. Okay. Um, you know, you could confuse the word calling and like, Oh, it has to be from God. No, I mean, it, you might have to sit down and take some time and try to develop a mission statement and it doesn't have to be perfect right away, but that's a great place to start. What's the danger in uh, being convinced that you have a a calling that you haven't found yet? (laughs) Because I think that's a lot of young adults. I think a lot of young adults are going, I don't know what's next for me. I'm 23. I just graduated from college. I'm looking for my first big guy job. What's the danger of going, I'm waiting for, you know, a, yeah. writing on the wall to tell me what's well, and next. I feel like it's sometimes like we think about relationships we're like it has to be the one mm-hmm. you know and it's like I have to find the one calling the one thing that I'm gonna do to even step into it because I want to I will I don't want to waste time doing things that I'm not called to do sure. but I think it can be multiple things and God <laughs> can be in those things so I just think that's something that we can so easily especially for me I'm like okay God if you don't show me a sign if you don't show me the one thing I'm just gonna sit here and wait and that robs of robs us of the opportunity to make an impact in God's name. It robs us from the opportunity to get started. And so um, for me, I'm, I think we just goes back to like realizing what are, your, what are your talents? What are your gifts? What are you passionate about? What does God's word say? Are you inviting God into the things that, that you are doing? And, and is there a need right in front of you mm-hmm. right now that you can step into? 
Yeah. And I think we've, we've probably all asked ourselves like, God, what's your call for my life? I remember that was a huge one when I was in college and just flipping that script and challenging that. It's like, how does my life fit into your will? And that's very clear. Mm -hmm. That's in scripture. You know, there's so many, so many ways that you can take that. But even when you do kind of start walking in, uh, you know, how does my life fit into God's will? Uh, Our lead pastor always says, you're going to have the ABCs. You're going to have abandonment, abandonment, brokenness, and confusion uh, while you're walking in that. So if you start hitting those things, you're probably taking some of the right steps because it's not going to be easy. Shifting gears a little bit, um, how has even – did you have something to add there? No. I'd love to hear it. I was looking at Coco like, Coco, you got I, – I can see when Sorry. Coco's got something to say, and I was like, I know you got Bring it, Coco. Come on. Okay. Come on. Come on. Bring it. Bring it. Oh, gosh. Better be good now. Um, <laughs> no, what I was thinking as we're talking about calling, and, you know, I, I work with our internship program at High Street, and so a lot of people who are, are in college about to graduate trying to figure out what in the world does God want me to do? And so for anyone who's watching who has that question, something I would say is pay attention to what God puts on your heart. Mm. Uh, because so many times, you know, if I'm thinking about something and I'm constantly going back to that thing, like God is trying to like yeah. kind of show me something. And so even with like starting a young adult ministry, maybe you're listening to this podcast, and you're like, dang, I keep hearing podcasts talking about young adults or whatever, whatever it may be. Uh, lean into that, like go and, and figure out, like do some research, figure out what it looks like, go visit other uh, ministries. And I think that God is going to totally uh, show you. And, and like uh, John said, it, it might not be like this clear, clear path, but like uh, stumble through it and God's going to show you and reveal that to you. And it's it's such a um, enjoyable process when you're like, oh my gosh, I can look back to like when God first oh, laid that on my heart. Yeah. So like, like where I am now, I know 100% now at this end that God wanted me to do that. So pay attention to what God has uh, keeps putting on your heart is what I would say. Wow, I'm so glad we uh, got you in there. Oh, that was great. <laughs> we could have missed that. Man. Man. Right? Hey, yeah. I'm ready to hear a message about what? that. Come on, oh, gosh. Ready? Ready? let's go. Better I mean, one thing I think that we talk about all the time is I think we miss tomorrow's promises mm-hmm. for obedience today. That mm-hmm. we're unwilling to be obedient right now with what God's put right in front of us because we go, I don't know what tomorrow looks mm-hmm. like. Well, it's like... God, God, a lot of times is just asking you to be faithful, to do what's in right yeah. in front of you right now. And I think we would have missed what we're doing now with our ministry. You guys would have missed what you're doing if you're not just taking small steps. A lot of times they're not cool. The, the, the room that we met in when we started post-grad was not a cool room. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a lot of people sitting in a circle eating some donuts and drinking some bad coffee i'd be there and yeah you, i know you'd be there uh, just, he likes bad coffee but you know what i mean like like it was not a cool start it was not like the the most yeah uh, glamorous thing glamorous thing but i think if if you're looking for glamour and success right off the bat absolutely you're gonna miss what god has for you follow that passion that god gave you yeah and i think god calls us to faithfulness too so even just through the beginning stages of any type of ministry or whatever like it it can be hard and it can be interesting but uh when we are faithful to god like he is going to absolutely reward us i think um and so being faithful in those in those hard times is huge that's awesome i even think about like this podcast like it started in a little back room here and we were like sitting on these like wobbly chairs (laughs) and we had some like broken mics like sometimes that's the situation the Mm -hmm. hand you're given and um it just just press into that and i've heard it you know a time and time again that that worship is just one step after Mm -hmm. another Mm -hmm. and so what can we do to take that next step how can we keep pressing forward even when it's not fun even when it's not glamorous Mm -hmm. what does it look like now for you guys moving forward with uh high street and like what are some of the things that god's working in right now in the ministry 
Yeah, man. So I, I, we keep going. I just think back to the times at the beginning. The start is hard because, you know, even for a service, like if we were going to, you talked about, you know, at North Point, kind of the struggle, you're like, how are we going to have a service? We don't even have a worship. And, <laughs> and you know, we've been there. And the thing is, is you show up sometimes and you're like, I got to set up this and I got to make sure that's out and I got to make sure people are at this store yep. and whatever. And now to see that God has completely given us a team of people, they're like young adults at High Share. I know you all are the same way. It isn't a, the Jared, Coco and Logan show. We have our team leaders and then all the rest of our people who are on our team who every week are committed and serving and playing their role where it's amazing to see other people use their gifts mm-hmm. and, uh, I, sometimes I feel bad about asking like people of like, hey, can you do this? Or would you want to do this? Yeah. And uh, my friend Ben Shank told me is like, uh, he goes, hey, do you ever feel bad when someone asks you to do something for the church or for, you know, the purpose of God? And I'm like, no, it excites me. I love it. And it's like, he's like, okay, then if you don't That's give other people the opportunity, you're robbing them of what you enjoy. And so what's next for us is kind of, man, just continuing. Number one, there's always going to be a need to continue to share Jesus. But also if people are going to have purpose in their life, like they have a role to play for the kingdom of God. And so our passion is helping equip people to be able to do that. Yeah. And I think uh, we both kind of have a similar model on that. I think, I don't know if you guys use the same term, but calling people to be hosts and pastors. Is that it? Okay. Yeah. Boom. Well, I mean, I know the host, we, we kind of understand, you know, you invite somebody into your home, you, you don't just, uh, have them sit on the couch by themselves. You know, you, you talk to them, you, you wait on them hand and foot, you serve them. Uh, so that one's kind of easier to understand, but the pastor part, um, I know that can be a little confusing or a little daunting. Um, but here's what we truly believe that the best pastoring doesn't come from the stage. Okay. It's not somebody with a mic. Um, I, I remember even just asking people to be a part of, you know, the young adult community at North point and my asks were, you know, it was, Hey, can you maybe just maybe if you want, yeah. can you give up maybe like an hour every other week, every other week, just, you don't even have to do every week. Um, you know, but, and you, <laughs> you can leave early if you need to. Um, I remember those are my asks. And then when we kind of shifted this, cause Clearly, you know, when, when Jesus calls the disciples, it's come and see and then it's come and die. Um, so that model was a little bit different. Uh, you know, our shift started coming when it was like, here's the deal. We're going to set the table. And um, man, there are people that are coming in here every single week that are contemplating suicide. There's people that are coming in here every single week that if they don't hear an encouraging message, they're going to leave this place and numb themselves with things of this world. There's people coming in that don't know what a healthy relationship looks like, let alone a spiritually healthy relationship. And you have an opportunity to do that. And so like we need every week for an entire year. And we jump from like six leaders to 21. And people are like, I'm in. Overnight. Because yeah. people do? are like, man, I'm actually called to do something now. Like yeah. this, this excites me because I actually get to be a part of it. And this is something that's big and bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that, that's just a leadership tactic in, in general. If you give a low pitch for something, it means low importance. If you give a serious like, man, this is going to cost you something pitch, um, people are going to hop on because they want to be a part of something like that. Yeah. And I think it's like, that's, it's like, we, we feel like it's like new. And for me, I'm like, this, this but is incredible, yeah. but it's not like, no. and you look at Jesus, he wasn't like, Hey, if you guys maybe kind of want to like, do you, do you yeah. want to kind of follow me? He was like, no, leave everything. Yeah, leave everything. <laughs> and so people want to be called to that. They want to give their lives. I mean, if God is who he says he is, and if he yeah. is the creator of the universe, then what better life than to serve him in his, mm-hmm. his kingdom. So and I mean, we talk about how the local church is the hope of the world. So when we have people who want to come and, and maybe be a part of that, like 
of, of course they want to be a part of that. So calling them to a high standard has been huge for us. Um, and people are like, I'm in a hundred percent because it's not just an earthly investment. It's an eternal investment. And that's, that's totally worth it. Yeah. And I think even when calling people to more, you know, we're not calling them to be the Navy SEALs of Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what we're calling them to do is, man, this pastoring is going to start in a bar. This pastoring is going to start at a coffee shop. This pastoring is going to start outside the four walls of this church. And so uh, this is a place where you come in, you get refueled and you go back out. So, um, man, that, that's just like so crucial. And we don't want to gain more people so that they become just like the strongest followers of followers of Christ for themselves, which is important. We still want that, but man, we're calling people to do this so that they can actually go out and impact their community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think for even church leaders out there who might be listening in and they're like, you know, we've got an initial group of people together and, you know, we're, we've been growing, but we're kind of hitting a roadblock and we're kind of at this point where we feel like we can't get past and they have this, they're hearing this message. They're saying, I know I need to call people to more. I know they they want more, but I just have a feeling like if I do that, like the 10 people I have mm-hmm. in my ministry right now are, are just going to be out, yeah. you know, and they're, and, and then I'm going to start with two, you know, and I'm going to be back at ground zero. And, and maybe that, that is the case. You find that there's people there who aren't really bought in. They're there for the wrong reasons, all of those things. And you get down to a really solid two. But what we found out is like the fear kept us from ever having that conversation, from ever calling people to more saying, Hey, come and leave everything and come serve, you know, every Tuesday night for a year, we found that basically everyone stayed. And that was just a fear that we kept rolling in our own head, which is crazy. Yeah, because I, I, I think the confusion was, well, they're not going to stay for us. And you're right. They won't stay for you. <laughs> they're staying for like God, yeah, you know, yeah. that's who we're here for. So, yeah. Mm. It's good. And that's just back to like the arrows out, like always mm. pointing out, you know, like the one person that's coming in, like this is making a difference what you're doing here in this ministry. If it just changes one life tonight mm. and people can get bought uh, or can buy into that. For us, it's been incredible to see someone who was bought in on what we were doing, but what we were doing was not a high calling. It wasn't a high, you know, asking much of people. And it was that, hey, if you could, I know this is a lot, but if you could stand at this door and welcome people, man, we would really appreciate it. And when we started to ask more of people, we started to see how they didn't just do the task. They they started to buy into it. They owned it. it. They owned it and they loved it. And one of the things that we say that we stole from someone else is the joy of the Christian life is found in serving God. That there's so many people that we feel like are waiting in the wings going, man, I just, I don't know what God has next for me. Just say yes to serving him tomorrow <laughs> and see what that looks like and see where he takes you. Cause there's people that get on the bus and they're not in the right seat. Man, I was serving in production, but where I really needed to be is over here. And what I really like is people or efficiency, whatever those things are that it's cool to see people that, that, that start with a small piece and go, yeah, I'll be part of the team. And then they start asking questions that you're like, you get it. Yeah. You, you are understanding what we're doing and you're asking better questions than I I'm thinking of. So, Hey, you want to handle that next semester for us? You want to, you want to take that from us? And they go, I don't think I could. All right. I'm going to give you some, some keys. Some, I'm going to help you along. And then now we have people that we're looking at that they're doing things better than we would have done it. Mm -hmm. If, if I was the guy in charge of this area and now he's doing it better And now we look at certain people in our ministry and we go, wherever he's at, he's a 25-year-old guy. If he is in 10, 20, 30 years down the road, he's not going to look at serving God the same way. Mm -hmm. He's not just going to be okay with showing up, serving in the kids' ministry once a month and being okay with it. No, he he owns it. He wants Mm -hmm. to serve 
people and serve God because he knows that that's where the joy of the Christian life is found. And if he ever walks away from that, he's walking away from the joy of the Christian life. He's walking away from the calling that he's kind of stumbled into. And that's the, to, to me, that's the cost of like, what if we didn't do that? What if, what if I just went ahead and did everything? What if I mm-hmm. called every person that um, came to our ministry and filled out a connection card? What if I was the one who spoke every week? What if I was leading every ministry? Well, then I'm leaving that guy out to dry. Absolutely. He doesn't have that ministry to sink his teeth into. And he doesn't make it harder on yourself. And I'm not good at time. it, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> There's so many things I'm not good at. So for me, it's just incredible to see people like get excited about ministry, get excited about what it is that God has has kind of given them to, where um, we, we just read a book together about this called Leveling the Church by Micah Fries. It's incredible. If you guys haven't read it, you should. But he talks through Ephesians 4 and, and 1 Peter 2, where he talks about how we are the family of God, so we do ministry. That's that's our role. It's a familial, because you're a member of the family, it's what you do. But then us as church staff, as pastors, we equip people. We hand things to them. We give them the, the, the tools, the keys, so that they can do that where, yeah, we do ministry because we're Christians, because God has accepted us into the family of God, but we don't do ministry because we work at a church. We don't do ministry because you get a paycheck from a church. We do ministry because we're the family. We quit people because that's a, the calling that God has given us to. And for us, that's kind of shifted a lot of things so that it's not like, well, you're the one who gets the paycheck from the church, so you need to make sure. Mm. It's like, no, the more I can pass down, the better, because that's equipping. That's what God has called Absolutely. Um, his 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 shepherds too. And I would say to like yeah, anyone who's listening and you might be thinking, well, like I'm not, I'm not necessarily like a ministry leader or whatever, but this is all important truths because it really is biblical and the health of the church 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 50 years from now depends on us continuing to have this attitude of giving people a role to play in the church body. And so um, I think that there has been a shift um, in, in like the church as, as a whole, uh, at least in the Western world of like, man, th- this isn't just like a professional thing that this is an everybody in the family of God thing. And so the future of the church literally depends on all of us, uh, in this stage right now, continuing to equip people. Yeah. I think it's so easy to get caught up in, um, I have to be working at a church to do ministry. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the narrative that's getting changed right now. Even if I look at it in the local community and in our young adult ministries, like some of our best ministry leaders mm-hmm. are not at the church. Mm-hmm. And that's not that's not what God intended that to be of like, oh, well, if you get paid, you know, then, then you can share my word and, and just equipping those young adults, no matter where they come from, where they're at, as long as they're like willing to come and serve. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like even looking forward, uh, what does that look like to equip not only our local churches, but like the, the big C church. And for some people who don't even know what that means, uh, could you explain that to us? Yeah. So the big C church, I mean, is, is the family of God, right? That, you know, there's people in India and England and China that are Christ followers and they're part of the same family, you know? And so the big C church, it's not just all the churches in Springfield or all of the churches in the U S but it's the church as a whole across the globe. And, um, I think that, you know, we, we forget sometimes that God is a global God um, and that, you know, we're, we're all like in this together. Coco, you want to talk about like what it looks like for us to um, kind of equip people and how, how we're just kind of passionate about that, I guess. Yeah, for sure. So uh, we believe that everyone has their own gifts and abilities. And so we want to just call that out in people. So what we try to do and what we're going to try to do moving forward 
is really help equip them with uh, some different material to really say, hey, let's go through this so that you can um, take other people through this. And really that discipleship, like teaching others how like we don't have to be the only people discipling up in here. Like other people can take this and our reach can be so much more. And so, uh, you know, what we're going to be doing going forward is really just teaching people really practically, like what does it look like to help someone through a crisis? What does it help to look someone or take someone through, um, you know, learning about the Bible, that kind of thing. And so um, we're really excited just to continue to um, help other people grow in their leadership and find their different sphere of influence and say, hey, go and and run after this. Like, go take the gospel to them. Go uh, disciple these people and, and kind of get our reach out. So that's what we're kind of looking forward to within the young adults ministry. One of the coolest things that we've seen is uh, when we bring people onto our team to serve at young adults, we ask all of them to just know their story to know what their story with Christ is with God. And that's not unique to us, but, you know, first Peter two tells us that we should just be able to tell the goodness of God to people. And it's like, can you just, can you just brag on God to the people around you? Can you tell him, Hey, I used to be here, but I met God here and now I'm here. You can tell it on an elevator, on a plane ride. What, you know, you've got your different versions of how long you have, but like, it's been cool to, to equip people with that, to just say like, hey, this is a good way to share it. And then just to kind of be a collector of stories on mm-hmm. the back end to go, hey, who'd you share with this week? And it's not always everybody, but it's it's surprising when people go home for semester break. Yeah, I got to share with mm-hmm. my uncle, my, mm-hmm. my, my aunt. Um, I was guy at my class, my best friend. You know, there, there's once we started equipping people with that, yeah. it, it's almost like we lit a fire under mm-hmm. people we didn't do it. God lit a fire under people with what he's doing in their lives to say, I'll change people's lives. I'll, I'll do a good work in people's lives. If you'll just share it, if you'll just get after it. And that's been so inspiring too, because it, it encourages me like, man, God is on the move. He is working and he's doing it in so many other people's lives. So it, it reminds me too, like, Coco, who are you sharing with? Like, who are you sharing the gospel with this week? Um, and that's been one of my absolute favorite things about our team is that we get to inspire each other to keep going, to don't grow weary, like keep going uh, because there's people out there who need this message of Jesus and we get to be ambassadors for him and, and share that message. But we, it's hard to do it alone. So having a team that's like, hey, we're right here with you um, is just one of the coolest things to be a part of. Yeah, I, I love that. And I love kind of the the route you guys are taking of like, let's not overcomplicate this thing because yeah. we don't need to. And, you know, that's been a big, big thing uh, at North Point with our young adult community is just, man, discipleship really starts in the crap, I guess I'd say. Uh, yeah, I don't want to rhyme those words. In the mess, um, come on. In the, sorry, 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 in the mess. Um, but that, that's that's really it. And like, if you're not willing to get into the crap with other people, like, man, yeah, I feel like you're missing out on so much. And that's why, you know, just the same thing. Like, this is a place to refill and go back outside these four walls. Mm-hmm. This doesn't, the, mm-hmm. you know, best ministry doesn't happen inside these four walls. It's outside. And so... Um, just continuing to think through that lens and continuing to think through this starts with your family members. This starts with your coworkers. This starts with, um, your, your barber, whoever you talk to on a regular basis, you know, um, and probably the people that you're avoiding that you don't want to go there with God's given you a heart to go there with. So, um, just step into that. And so I know it's dirty and it's messy and it's nasty. It may even tarnish your reputation, but I promise you God's not worried about your reputation. Okay. He knows, he knows your heart. So that's awesome. Well, I've, I've, 
I'll love this conversation with you guys. This has been awesome. And I hope it's been helpful for those that have been listening in. And I just know that we all just have such a, a heart for young adults, um, not only in this community, but across uh, the country and across the world. And just doing things like this together uh, really encourages me and my faith and that, hey, we can come together and we can do more together to reach young mm-hmm. adults and to uh, show them God's love. So thank you for being here. Yeah, yeah thanks. Thanks I did me. have one other question. Just uh, I know we've got a little bit more time, so I want to take advantage of it. Ooh, I love it. Absolutely. You know, hey, round. if they're because because I mean, we're tapping Part into some three. great minds here. Minus mine. Part three. Um, yeah. What is one thing uh, if you could leave a young adult with? What would it be? What, what piece cool. of advice? It better be good, though, because this is bonus <laughs> round. My advice would be don't quit. Like mm-hmm. it's like what you said earlier with the ABCs is just because you're doing something and in God's in it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy and you're going to be frustrated with yourself sometimes you know especially as a leader but don't quit because um he you know God is faithful and he will work uh in your heart and in the hearts of people around you it's always uh the grass is greener where you water it so uh you know, it's easy to look other places. That. I don't know whose it is, but it's not mine. <laughs> I thought you were I making tweeted. a joke there. I, I probably sure. am. No, but um, it, it's always so easy to look down the road and go, man, if we just had what they have. Yeah. If, if I just had the family that that person has, if I just had the relationships that that person had, if I just had the the building that these people have and the equipment and the setup and the, the volunteers and the people. But if that's your mentality, that's always going to be your mentality and it's never going to get better. Um, God has equipped everyone um, to serve him and serving him might look different in your context than it does in, in mine, but we're all serving the same God. He's capable of doing things that we would. I mean, if I think if we just knew everything that God was doing in the world, I think we would just like fall flat on our faces and go, God, you're incredible. Um, but that happens because people serve him. And I don't want to be in heaven one day and look back and go, man, what could have been if I would have just been faithful? If I would have just kept my nose to the grindstone, if I just didn't quit, um, I want to look back and go, no, I I did what was asked of me in a time. Um, Water where you're at. Yeah, I would say invest in the local church, like especially as young adults. Some of us are single and have time. Um, And so I would say do whatever you can to invest in the local church and be faithful to that. Um, cause it's, it's, it's an investment that you like, will never know exactly what happens here on earth, but, um, it's a, an investment in the kingdom. So I think it's so worth it. Guys, thank you so much yeah, for being for on here. Us. This was awesome. I'm glad we got to do this little two part series and maybe more will come out of this. And I look forward to what that might look like. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks having, for having us. us. Cool. Thanks guys.